But you know, when we um, think about being amazed, um, hopefully again, many of us are reading this book, Scattered Servants by Alan Scott, which we uh, shared with many households. If you haven't got a copy of this book, we've still got some left. And um, you know, Amy mentioned in her prayer about the Everyone Everywhere series. And remember what I just read to you, that, those verses from uh, Mark chapter seven, where people were amazed at what Jesus had did, uh, had done. But I love this. Um, Alan Scott says this, at Causeway Vineyard, we used to observe supernatural encounters on the street or in church and wonder how they happened. We were amazed at the goodness of God. But amazement doesn't increase faith. Engagement does. Mm -hmm. God is not seeking people who are amazed at what he can do. He's looking for people who will engage with what he's doing. Many times in the Bible, pe people would gather around what God is doing, yet walk away engaged. Mm -hmm. And the reason that we're doing this whole series, this term, everyone everywhere, is is because God is inviting us to join in with what he's doing, that we don't just stand back and be amazed, that actually we get involved. Right from the very beginning of creation, the whole creation story reminds us that God created us for relationship with him, a loving relationship with him, but also a responsibility to join with what he's doing, to see heaven break out in the world, to see the wrong things be put right, yeah. to see healing and the miraculous, to see things change for the good and for the better. It's the responsibility that we've got to engage and not spectate. And so in these next three weeks particularly, we're going to look at one of uh, our favourite stories in the New Testament from a book of Acts. And it's the story uh, of a guy called Philip. Uh, this story is set 2000 years ago. The book of Acts is a story that looks uh, as a whole book of the Bible that looks at what Jesus continues to do in the power of the Holy Spirit through ordinary people like us, the church, the people of God and the family of God. And, um, and we're going to look at this story and, and figure out like, what is this story of Philip in Acts uh, chapter eight tell us about how we can be involved in what God is doing and see God do wonderful, incredible things in and through our lives for the good of other people, for the good of our soul, our faith, our life and for the glory of God. And so this week we're going to it's going to be a bit of a three parter. This week we're going to look at. Um, responding to the promptings of God. Amy's gonna speak next week on the importance of proximity, being close to people. And then the third week, Alex is gonna be sharing us about the journey and the process of faith. And so this story begins in Acts chapter eight with this guy called Philip. And Philip is in a place called Samaria. Uh, he's been preaching about Jesus and like incredible miraculous stuff is happening in Samaria. Like people are being rescued, they're coming into a relationship with God, they're being healed, demons are flying out of windows, lame people are walking, it's incredible. In fact, in Acts chapter eight, verse eight, it says this, there was great joy in that city. Like we wanted to, we wanted to declare that over Hitchin and Lower Stondon and, and Henlow and Shefford and Stevenage and, and wherever you're from, we want to declare a breakout of heaven so much that there will be great joy in the city. Yeah. So, so revival has come. 
to uh, to um, Samaria. But then then we pick up the story of what happened next. And it's this story that we're going to look at. And I want to read some verses from Acts chapter eight, verse 26 to 13. It says this as for Philip. An angel of the Lord said to him, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Kandake, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah which is an Old Testament book. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk alongside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? Now I'm gonna pause there because Amy's gonna pick up the story next week, but, but quick spoiler alert, if you wanna know what happens through this one encounter, the Ethiopian ends up becoming a follower of Jesus, he gets baptized and he becomes the first missionary to Africa, telling the good news of Jesus mm. to that whole nation. It's, it's an amazing story. And it's a great reminder that God is interested, not just in the crowds of Samaria, but he's interested in the one person, yeah. us reaching out to the one person. And, and here's the thing, friends, if you are someone who knows Jesus, and even if you're not, the reason that you were created is to know Jesus for yourself and to help other people know Jesus mm -hmm. and the life that he has. Yeah. Like we, this whole series, Everyone Everywhere, is all about us recognizing that we have been planted, uh, put in spaces and places, in the neighborhood that we live, in the workplace that we go to, if we're able to go to work at the moment, in a Zoom call, in the cafe, the, the various places, all of the relational connections that, that we have, like we are there to make a difference for Jesus in those places, if we own it. Yeah. But how do we do this? How do we become not just a spectator, but a participator in the plans and purposes of God? Mm. Well, the first thing just that we wanna think about in these few minutes with Philip is that what we see in Philip, that he, he responds to, he listens to, and he responds to, he obeys the promptings of the spirit, like the nudges of God. And I don't, I don't know if you picked up, there were three in this story, three little nudgings of God. The first prompting, the first nudge was for Philip to leave Samaria. You know, we, we heard that he was told, leave Samaria and go on this desert road. Now, you might think, well, that's crazy. Like amazing things are happening in Samaria. Like God's doing some crazy stuff. But but God is saying through an angel, no, I want you to leave there and I want you to go somewhere else. And and again. He obeys. And like I said a moment ago, it's a great reminder that at the end of the day, God's called us to just be faithful in obedience rather than just to be successful. And that God is as interested, if, if not more interested in the one, reaching the one person than the crowds. How do you change the future? How do you change people's lives? One life at a time, one life at a time. So that's the first prompting. Then the second prompting is that he's told to go on the desert road to Gaza. Now, there are two roads to Gaza. That's why uh, God says you need to go on the desert road. Now, um, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that desert road doesn't sound so good. Like, you know, you'd like to go on the nicer road. The desert road is going to take longer. The desert road isn't pretty. The desert road is much riskier. 
And so, so here we have um, the Holy Spirit challenging Philip to say, leave the place of success, Samaria, and also embrace the place of risk, yeah. the desert road. Mm -hmm. Now we know how this story plays out. We're on the other side of history. We know that the Ethiopian eunuch is on the desert road. He's not on the nice road, but Philip doesn't know this. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know why he's going on the desert road. He doesn't know why he had to leave success and embrace risk. He just hears the whisper of God's spirit and he says, yes, he's obedient. And then we have the third prompting, the third nudge from heaven, which is simply this. Go and walk up to the guy. Just get close to him. That's all I want you to do. And, and I love the fact that it tells us that, that Philip literally ran. He ran not knowing what was going to happen, but he dared to believe that if God was nudging him, if God was prompting him, then maybe something wonderful was about to happen. Now, Amy will go more into the story next week and, and picking up from there. But, but I, I want us to think about this whole thing that, you know, every day of your life, everyone everywhere, every day is invited to join in with what God is doing. Yeah. Like there may not be uh and an Ethiopian eunuch in a chariot anywhere near you. But there are people that God loves that he wants you to reach. There are people that God loves that he wants you to love, to reach out to and love and be good news for. And if we're going to do this, let me just give you like three practical responses before we pray and start to draw our time to a close today. The first is if we're going to be people who respond to the prompting, I want to encourage you every single day to pray a simple daily prayer. You've heard me say it many times. It's simply this. Lord Jesus, whatever you're up to today, count me in. Mm. Whatever you're up to, show me, whisper to me, direct me. Give me eyes to see what you're doing and a heart to join in. Mm. That should be our daily prayer. Not only that, but that prayer should be rooted in permission. We need to give God permission. You might think like, God is God. Like, what, what on earth do we need to give God permission for? And actually, God will never force his way in us and through us. But we need to be people where we are permissioning God to interrupt us. We're permissioning God to interrupt us. Like, I've got my plans for the day. You've got your plans for the day. But, but it's not enough that we pray. But actually, we want to say, God, God, I permission you to interrupt my plans for the sake of other people, mm. that, that, that you would draw my attention to what matters and who matters. Yeah. The, uh, the Catholic priest, Henri Nouwen, who's now with Jesus, he, he tells a story about how um, he'd be writing his books or preparing sermons and, and people kept coming in and interrupting him. And, and in the end, he went to pray and he said, God, would you just deal with these interruptions to my ministry until he felt the Holy Spirit whisper back, those interruptions are your ministry. People are your ministry. People are the, uh, are the ones that you want to be good news to. Life is all about loving people and caring for people at the end of the day. I want to ask you, are you interruptible? Yeah. Will you permission God to interrupt you? And so there's a daily prayer. God, count me in. There's a permissioning God. Would you interrupt me? And thirdly, there's a posture. Lots of P's today <laughs> for us to easily remember. And the posture is that when that moment comes up, lean in. Come on. Lean in. Don't hide back. Lean in. Do what Philip did. I don't quite know what's going to happen next. Maybe I haven't heard from God. Maybe I'm going to be embarrassed and look stupid, but I'm going to lean in. I'm going to have a go. I'm going to see what God might do. 
I, I, I want to suggest, like, if we would do this every single day, we would see incredible things happening in and through us in small ways and big ways. Now, maybe you're thinking like, yeah, well, how will I know if, if God is prompting me and nudging me? You know, some of them, folks, they're just natural and obvious. Like, you know, you don't need a whisper. You don't need a divine moment. I, I remember a few years ago when we did the Good Friday uh, walk of churches together in Hitchin, walking from one end of Hitchin to the other. And I was right at the back, 500 or so people walking in front of me and a lady called Stephanie from another church. And we were all walking towards the market square. And as we get close, we notice, because you can literally see almost to the front. And I remember Steph turning to me and she said, there is something wrong with this picture. And I said, well, what are you talking about? She said, how is it that all of these five or 600 people have all walked past Rebecca? You see, Rebecca was a, a lady who sold the big issue outside Boots in Hitchin. And on this day when we're celebrating that God loves us, that he generously gave his life for us on the cross through Jesus. It, when we're celebrating this wonder of God's compassion, not a single one of us stopped to buy a big issue or, or, or just be kind or compassionate towards Rebecca. Friends, you don't need a nudge of the spirit to stop for someone who obviously needs some help. You don't need a nudge of the spirit to stop for someone who obviously just needs some compassion. Sometimes you're in a shop and someone's crying. You don't need God to nudge you to say, like, you should go and talk to them. Go and talk to them. Yeah. Like, if, if you see someone, you know, who's trying to sell a big issue, like, even if you've got no money just to go up to them and be kind, like, you don't need a revelation from God. You don't need an angel to, to, to show you when you know right in front of you there's an opportunity for you to be kind and to be gracious and to and to feel the nudging that is inherently part of you because you're made in the image of god mm. but sometimes there are and we should pray for those supernatural moments when just god gives us a nudge about something that we could never never know but i've never ever heard the audible voice of god i've never heard god go you must do this. Has that happened to you? Yeah, that's actually. Oh, that's yeah. just bragging, that is. <laughs> well, you can tell us another time. Another time. <laughs> another time. But I've never heard the voice of God. What happens for me is I find myself in situations when I have prayed that prayer, count me in, God. When I've given God permission, interrupt me. When I've said I'm going to lean in, I'm going to take those risks. I have found myself sometimes in situations when a thought comes into my head, which I just think, that just does not sound like me. Um, Amy and I, I just close with this. Amy and I, uh, we we were in a, uh, we managed to get a 24 hour stay in a hotel, didn't we? Just mm -hmm. a few months back, a, a good deal and included uh, a dinner meal. And and as as we arrived in, in the restaurant, the uh, the guy who was showing to us to our table, I'll call him Tony, um, like he he looked really unhappy, didn't yeah. he? Like, you know, he had a, not a mask thing on, he had a visor thing on and, and uh, he just clearly didn't want to be there. And he, you know, he showed us to our seat. He hardly said anything to us. And and we kind of looked at each other and we said, like, you know, we're going to crack a smile out of this guy, you know, if it, if it kills us. And and he came over and uh, and I remember I wanted the ribs, didn't yeah, I? He did. and, uh, and he said, there's no ribs. And I was just like, what? This is outrageous. You know, we, it was in Basingstoke of all places. I said, we have come to Basingstoke for the ribs. Um, and uh, which, of course, we hadn't. But, you know, and he smiled and he laughed and uh, we had this lovely moment with him. And, and as we, he went off, I felt this prompting moment. Like This thought came into my head where it was like, you, you need to pray for this man's family. You need to pray specifically for this man's wife. And... Um, 
And I thought, I just thought, that's not something that would just kind of come into my head. So I've learned enough over the years. that Okay, maybe this is God speaking. But I'm like you, I'm a little bit nervous. I don't want to look embarrassed. I'm still learning this stuff. And so, so I, 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 I kind of whispered back to God in my head. I said, okay, God, if, if the guy comes over and I'll check his finger and if he's wearing a wedding ring, then that's enough. I'm going to take that as a hint that, uh, that I'm going to literally in the middle of this restaurant say, um, uh, you know, can, can I pray? Can I pray? And uh, anyway, he comes over to bring us our drinks or something like that. And I look at his hand. Guess what? No ring. The guy's not got a ring. And I breathe a sigh of relief. And then I hear this thought in my head. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. Just do it. And so I find myself turning to this guy. And I bottled it a little bit, which I was gutted about. I said, I said, Tony, I said, I, I'm a church leader. And, uh, and, I, and I just know God loves you. And I feel that God wants me to pray for your family. So I bodged it a bit, you know, because I really should have said to pray for your wife. And I said, Look, I don't want to be weird or anything like that. I don't know if this makes any sense to you. But, you know, is there anything we can pray for for you um, and your family in this moment? And he looked at us. And I remember, like, without flinching, but seriously, like, it was like our eyes connected, seeing into his soul. And he just said, my wife and I are struggling to conceive. And it became this incredibly holy, sacred moment in the middle of a restaurant where this guy expressed this deepest thing. And so I looked at him with my eyes open and I just went. And so, Tony, we pray for a miracle of life to come for you and your wife today and that that will be your heart's desire or something like that. Amen. And and uh, and he smiled and walked off and we connected a little bit. And that, that was it. Yeah. To this day, we have no idea. Maybe we'll see him again. Maybe we'll not. But I just trust God in the risk of being embarrassed and and, and whatever that that to follow those nudges. Because mm. I want to believe that, that God did something in that moment. If, if nothing else, God told Tony that he loves him and that he sees him and that he cares about him. And so, church, what an amazing privilege we have to be involved in what Jesus is doing in the world, to get involved in these kind of things. Let us say yes to those things. Again, like I've preached hundreds, thousands of messages. I know that you have too. James, Jesus' stepbrother said this, when you hear the word, do what it says. Mm -hmm. Don't do it because I'm saying you should do this. Do it because Jesus, the king of all creation, is inviting you to be involved in loving people back to life to join with what people are doing. And so here's my challenge to you as, as we pray in just a moment. My challenge, my invitation, my encouragement, my I'm asking you this week, wouldn't it be amazing if by this time next week, you are flooding Amy and I with stories of acts of heaven that God has done through you? Because today and tomorrow and the next day, you've, you've said that prayer, God, whatever you're up to, count me in that you've even in fear and trembling because you're busy you've got lots of things on you've given God permission to interrupt me and that in those moments when you feel like a nudge to pray for someone shopping to say to someone can I pray for you to share your faith with a next door neighbor to invite people someone to to join us on Zio live next week or come to your group whatever it is that you've lent in into those moments we want to hear those stories because they encourage us they all build faith we're all in this together this is what we're all about remember what Alan Scott said Many, many people were amazed at what Jesus was doing in Jesus' time, but very few engaged. Don't be part of the few. Get stuck in, for there is the life. This is what we were born to do.
This is what we were born to do. And so um, we need to finish. We need to close. And so I just want to just take a moment just to pray that over us. And um, and so why don't you, if you feel able, just right where you are, just close your eyes. And so, Jesus, I know that you are passionately concerned about seven billion plus people in the planet. We cannot reach all of them, but we can reach some of them. Well, we can reach one of them and the one matters to you. Would you put people in our path this week, even today, that you would show us how to practically love them, care for them, pray for them? And not just in actions, but in words too. Would you stir in us the simplicity of saying, can I pray for you? Can I pray for that? And that we would see you at work. Lord, even the boldness to say, can I tell you about Jesus and the difference he's made in my life? Lord, we don't want Zio to be a spectator faith or church. We want to be joining in with what you're doing. We don't want to hear great stories in other towns and cities of what you're doing and just look on and be amazed. We want to be engaged right where we are this week and have stories to share. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.